hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Rats. You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Oh, good grief! <laughs> How many of you know that famous saying from Charlie Brown, uttered for the very first time in 1952? In fact, he coined the phrase, good grief. Good grief is his favorite thing to say when he is bummed out, dismayed, depressed, or some other sort of negative emotion. Uh, he's like, that's ridiculous, right? Oh, good grief. Why is this happening to me? Webster's Dictionary has actually added this phrase of Charlie Brown to their dictionary. And it says, we use good grief as an exclamation for surprise or shock and often frustration similar to that's just ridiculous. You know what's funny about this phrase, good grief? A lot of people... When we tell the story of a baby being born to a virgin, their first reaction is, oh, good grief, that's ridiculous. And for a lot of people, when we tell the story of a sinless man who was also God, the reaction is, oh, good grief, that's just ridiculous. For a lot of people, when we tell about Jesus healing lepers, the blind, the lame, restoring broken parts of people's bodies. It's, oh, good grief. For a lot of people, when we say he casts out demons, oh, wait a minute, that, good grief. And raises the dead, oh, good grief. That's just ridiculous. For a lot of people, when we say Jesus was beaten, and he was tortured, and he was crucified, not for something he did wrong, but for our mistakes, it's, oh, good grief. When we say that he was dead and buried in a tomb for three days and then rose again, most people just say, oh, good grief. When we say that after his death, he appeared to more than 500 people and went back up to heaven. Oh, good grief. When we say 
that He's in heaven, preparing a place for all who believe in Him, an eternal paradise. People are like, oh, good grief. When we say that someday He will return again in glory and bring all of His people home, oh, good grief. You Christians are just ridiculous. And we live like Charlie Brown. So many of us live like Charlie Brown. We can only see our present situation. We can only see our circumstances. We can only see our problems. And we just shout, good grief. And we miss the most important things that are actually happening in the world around us. The Gospels actually do tell an amazing, compelling story for all of us, not just for us who believe. Jesus is, friends, the promised Savior that's been in authority from the very beginning of time. Jesus is the Savior who lived an amazing life for you and for me and showed us how to be fully human as Jesus fulfills all the promises of the Old Testament, all the promises of God for you and for me. And through Jesus, we all who have believed in Him have received grace upon grace, Grace that we could never possibly imagine. Grace that we should never have encountered. We can encounter it through Him. And that grace is amazing. John says in his gospel, He came to the very world that He created. And the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people and His people rejected Him. John's Gospels also tell us that Jesus was wanting to do and was willing to do the most amazing thing you can possibly imagine. He gave you the choice to reject Him. He gave you the choice to say no to Him. And some people say, oh, good grief, that's ridiculous. But no, that's not true. It's not ridiculous. It's not ridiculous that Jesus would give you the ability to reject Him. No, it's the most amazing, loving, graceful thing ever. The only way you can truly know if someone loves you is you have the right to actually say no to them. The right to actually say, I don't choose you to reject the truth, to reject the gospel. Let me paint again a picture of the gospel for you that maybe you've never considered before. See, God creates this perfect world for us. And Adam and Eve live sinless, spotless life in full communion with God in the Garden of Eden. Face to face with Him, unashamed. And we choose then, as humanity, to reject intimacy with God. Not to repent of our sins, but to put Him a distance from Him. And to hide our, from, from what we've done wrong. And we push Him away and it separates from Him. Instead of us repenting, we choose to hide in our sin, in our shame, instead of being in relationship with Him. And the relationship becomes broken in the Garden of Eden. And then God tries to speak to His children for years and years through prophets and kings and the anointed servants saying, Come back to me. Here's the promises to come. I'm going to have a, a promise in the future where my son's going to come. But in the middle of all this, He's trying to speak to His kids. And he finally speaks to his children through his one and only son, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, who comes and, and interacts with humanity for 30 some odd years. He sends Jesus to save his people from their sin, from their brokenness, from their past and their shame. And he chooses to do it through the life of a child, through the life of a sinless, spotless lamb. He chooses to do it. 
He chose to live life as heaven on earth, showing people what it could look like if we were in communion again with God. What does it look like for heaven's reality to become our reality on an earthly plane? He begins to show the world the truth. And then he chooses death. He chooses to go to the cross for you and for me. And actually, this is where things really, really, really get good. Really, really, really get, get good. God chooses to take our broken tree of our lives and do something with it. See, we're all a little bit like Charlie Brown's little tree here, aren't we? We're all a little bit like Charlie Brown's little tree here, aren't we? Our sin, our shame, our mistakes, our past, our, our, our brokenness, our disillusionments, our, our destructiveness, they've separated us from God. And we've pushed God away. They've left us flawed. They've left us frustrated with life sometimes. They've left us without hope. They've left us without purpose. And actually, it's left us with a need for a Savior, whether we realize it or not. See, we begin to see ourselves a lot like Charlie Brown did in the famous Charlie Brown Christmas cartoon. Everything I touch gets ruined. Everything I try and do gets ruined. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. Oh, good grief. My life. We see ourselves only in what we've done wrong instead of what Jesus has done right. So what does God do? He does this amazing thing. He chooses not to leave us as a broken tree. He chooses not to leave us in the way we see ourselves. He chooses to make us a beautiful tree. He chooses to make us with all of the things that he wants us to be. And how does he do it? How does Jesus make us something beautiful? Well, he chooses not our ugly tree, but the ugliest tree ever, doesn't he? He chooses the cross. He chooses a form of torture. He chooses a crucifixion, a bloody death, an ugly tree. He chooses to become our sin, 2 Corinthians 5 does, become our sin so that we might become righteous, holy, blameless, royal, beautiful, loved, and free. He chooses, instead of our ugly tree, he chooses the ugliest tree imaginable to make us beautiful. God takes our ugly tree and uses his tree, the cross, to make us a beautiful tree again. This is the gospel story, friends. God doesn't see you broken and terrible. He sees something more special than you can possibly imagine. Much like, much like Linus does in the story of Charlie Brown. He says, it never really was such a bad tree. He just needed a little love. And he, and he wraps his, his, his blue blanket around the bottom and they, they decorate the tree and make it something amazing. Jesus just knows that what you need is his love. Not your own love or not Earth's idea of love, but the actual love of God, perfect love, will never cast you away and say yes to him. The Father sees you not as a broken tree, but as a beautiful Christmas tree because of his love. Jesus used the ugliest tree to make you and I beautiful. But to all who believed in him, accepted him, he gave the right to be called children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, 
not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You are reborn when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. And do you know what the only really good Greek is? It's deciding that you don't want to live like Charlie Brown in your past, in your sin, in your shame, in everything I touch. It's ruined. It's changing the way you think about your salvation, changing the way you think about your eternal destiny. It's realizing how much Jesus Christ has done for you. It's grieving that it took you so long to say yes, but now you get to live a life of freedom. Enjoy. Enjoy we receive salvation from Jesus Christ that He promised us through His ugly tree through the cross. The only good Greek is saying, I'm not going to live like that any longer. I'm going to live towards my Father, my Savior, my Jesus Christ. If you find yourself exasperated with life, exasperated with your circumstances, frustrated by what's happening, then you are still living with a broken tree. You're still living with a broken identity. An identity that is not what Jesus Christ has paid for. This is the way Charlie Brown lived his life, but it's not the way you have to live yours. He thinks only of all the things that he's done wrong. He can't see the good in his situation. You need to start seeing yourself through the Father's lens, through the Father's eyes this evening. On this Christmas, see yourself through the Father's eyes. Through the lens of the identity that Jesus Christ has for you. The lens that the Father has for you. Who are you? If you say, yes, yes, you're a child of the King. You're part of the royal family. You're one who has been saved, set free, and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You are someone who is made whole through His sacrifice. And you are no longer broken. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are worthy of God's everlasting love that will not end. That is how the Father sees you. As a beautiful tree, and not as a broken tree. Because of His tree, the cross. I want to encourage all of you to pray with me this morning as we wrap things up. This evening, excuse me. <laughs> pray with me this evening as we wrap things up. Would you repeat after me this simple prayer? Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm tired of seeing only my grief. Jesus, I'm tired of my brokenness. Jesus, I'm tired of my sin. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe the gospel story. Jesus, I believe you saved me. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for making me whole. Jesus, thank you for your grace. Because of you, I am a child of God. Because of you, I am healed and set free. Because of you, I have a new identity. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer in this room in just a little bit, we're going to give you a chance to respond to that. If you're watching us online, I'd love for you to, to type in the chat room or text the number at the bottom of the screen and say, I'm praying 
yes to Jesus this Christmas season. I'm saying yes to Jesus this Christmas season. Then give us your name and, and your, your email. We'd love to get back in touch with you through the holidays and celebrate with you. We're going to let the online campus go and uh, return to worship. And here in the room, uh, we're going to invite Corey up here.